This is the limitless Keith Lee. This is Brody King. This is Angel Garza. Will Ospreay. Hornswoggle. Pentagon. Junior. The villain, Marty Skell. The Mexican Ray Phoenix. King Ricochet. Concrete Rose, Sunny Kiss. And I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing. Take just one moment and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open. 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 Busted Wide Open podcast. <laughs> You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. to BWO Live, coming to you from Twitch, episode number 264 of Busted Wide Open. My name is Nick And coming to you from a back bedroom in Sacramento, California, I am Sir Ian Dangerous. Yes, your eyes do not deceive you if you're watching us live on Twitch. I am non-mobile in that little picture you see there because I'm audio only today. I'm audio only. I'm on on Wi-Fi. I'm I'm scraping it together, but I'm still here. I still made it. I made it to the show. I made it to the show despite actually being in the worst air quality in the world right now. So if my voice seems a little froggy, that's why <laughs> I apologize in advance for being kind of uh, uh, kind of kind of a little grisly today. So I apologize does, for that. Does, does retribution know you're remote and on location? Uh, I hope not. I think I've hit from them. I don't know. I don't know if retribution comes to Sacramento. Not many people do. But that being no. said, we have much to discuss today, Nick. That's why I had to be here. That's why I could not. I could not take the day off. We had to do this, so you're getting audio-only me. But we're going to talk about AEW, NXT, and SmackDown. Lots going on on all three shows. Uh, AEW coming off a couple pay-per-views, setting up some things. NXT with a title match and some actually some really baller matches over on NXT. And SmackDown last night getting set up for Clash of Champions. We had a couple of matches made for that show. And some very interesting developments. So... Lots to discuss, Nick, but we don't have any time to waste. So let's do the housekeeping and get right into the show. Yes, indeed. First and foremost, want to call out a couple of new Twitch subs. Uh, Flip Recruiter with the Twitch Prime. Thank you very much for subbing to the channel and for joining us. Much obliged. And we had uh, an off-air $5 tip in the tip jar from Jake the Snake Lawler (laughs) that I wanted to call attention to. Because Jake the Snake Lawler asked a question. And I think uh, I'm going to ask it so that they know we, we were going to talk about it, but I think we need to save it till we get to NXT because it is NXT-related. He asked, thanks for the content. My friends and I are arguing. Please settle. On Wednesday's NXT, did EO miss her moonsault on Shotzi? EO hit Shotzi with her ankles. Or was this intentional? Quick answer. Do you want to address that now? Let's do it right now. Let's do it right now. Why not? Quick answer. Yeah, that that was not, I don't think, her intention. Although it did look nasty. It looked like that actually might have (laughs) been more brutal than actually hitting her, you know, stomach to stomach, chest to chest with a moonsault. That happens sometimes with EO for some reason with her moonsault. She's not really doing a proper moonsault where you jump in the air and do a flip. She's more like kind of slingshotting her feet over her head and that's why her moon her moonsaults sometimes look like they're a lot more brutal because they're they're very fast and snappy but unfortunately it also means sometimes 
she doesn't quite get them off the way they should be. They're not really a moonsault yeah. so much as just like a whiplash in air. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I, this was not intentional. And it, and it looked like it hurt. It looked like Shotzi. Well, yeah, shins on ribs yeah. is probably not a and good thing. And that feeling. ref came over and was like, <laughs> yo, Shotzi, you okay? Right after that, and Shotzi was like, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. I can't breathe. Oh, I can't feel God. my ribs. But I don't know. I here's the thing. Like, if you watch enough wrestling, you could tell that, that was not the that was not the right move. That's not the, not how the move should look. But if you don't watch wrestling, it looked like a devastating move. It looked devastating. Yeah. So yeah. hey, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't Kyle threw hundred bits in. He said Ian's favorite time in Sacramento is when he gets to leave Sacramento. I hey. did. I hope you're staying safe out there, Ian. Actually, my favorite time in Sacramento is gonna be right after the show where I go grab a beer and jump in the gigantic pool they have in the backyard here. So yeah, yeah it's actually gonna be it's gonna be pretty cool. Yeah, before I get into the housekeeping, Jay Wolf, nineteen seventy four, also with the tier one sub. Thank you very much, Jay. Much obliged. Thank you. Much appreciated. Uh, guys, come over and join us in Discord. We had it was just me and Andy last night for the for the for night one of the G one. By the way, so come hang out. We're gonna be doing. We're gonna be in there for the G one. We know it's like four in yeah. the morning Eastern time. It, it's tough, right? Totally oh, get it. Man. What we've done though, thank you for the suggestion, Sir Ian Dangerous. Is we've got two different channels, one live, and because the English commentary is gonna be delayed, we've got one separate for English commentary. If you're watching live, please keep the spoilers out of the English channel so that you can make sure that when that comes out you're watching everything fresh uh so that you don't get spoiled on anything yes uh make sure you get into the discord you can find links down in the in the uh, panels below here on twitch uh you get into our facebook discussion group and like our page over there follow us on instagram and twitter at bwo podcast subscribe to us over on youtube at youtube.com slash busted wide open and as always make sure you're following us right here at twitch.tv slash busted wide open it is september otherwise known as September here on Twitch. So you can get up to 30% discounts uh. on your subscriptions. Uh, creators do all get the full amount. So not only us, but any other shows that you enjoy watching or other creators that you enjoy, uh, this is the month uh, every single year to get in and get those big discounts. So don't miss out on that. Uh, patrons. Patreon, we, we just we can't not talk about you ever. We love you guys so much. Thank you for all of your support. Mm. Uh, we will be making the transition for the audio-only podcast on October 1st. So make sure that if you are an audio-only listener that you're over there at least at that $5 tier if you'd like to continue to listen to that way. Otherwise, you have the free options of of the VODs or watching us live here on Twitch at your disposal. So, uh, yeah, just letting you guys know about that. The bonus episode, our preview of the G1 Climax 30 is up in both video and audio formats over on Patreon as well for you $10 and up subscribers. Thank you guys very much for all the support. Uh, and I think that's all the housekeeping hey. I had today, Sir Ian Dangerous. Okay. We have a lot of wrestling to talk about. Much. And as always, let's kick over and talk about All Elite Wrestling. Well, when they first announced it, I have to admit, Nick, I was skeptical. The best friends versus Proud and Powerful, that being Santana and Ortiz, in a parking lot brawl. Of course, all this spa stemming from best friends beating uh, Santana and Ortiz. And as a, as a result, as a bit of revenge, Santana and Ortiz trashing Trent's mom's minivan, which, yes, on paper sounds just as kind of goofy and silly and, and light of a feud as you, as you can get, but... This has escalated over the last few weeks, and uh, last week they said, you know what, you guys want to start stuff in the parking lot, we'll finish the parking lot, we'll meet you in a parking lot, we'll have a parking lot brawl. But this entire time, Nick, and we've been saying this on this show, is this, this, this feud felt 
a little bit light. It felt like it was boring on comedy because it was always they were saying, because you trashed my mom's car. And that just sounded a little bit silly. You know, I take it all back. I take it all back because this parking lot brawl was poetry. It was amazing. Mm. It's one of the best ones I can remember seeing. And it's not just me. You expect people like Taz and JR to hyperbolize about how good a match is and, and my, Matt Hardy. And they all did. They all said how good this match was. But also Mick Foley out of nowhere came on Twitter and was like, hey, <laughs> I've seen a lot. I've been respect. In, respect. <laughs> I've been in a lot of these. I've seen a lot of these. It's the kind of this is the kind of match I would have wanted to do back in the day. You guys did things I don't think I would have thought of or, or done. Way, way to go. You killed it. And they did. This was this was the reason to watch AEW this week. It is as good as you have heard. It was insane. Spots, dudes taking sentons on the t- uh, 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 under a hood. Like the guy Ortiz under a hood of a car eating a senton uh, from Chucky e. T off the top. Uh, power bombs on the hoods of cars, getting power bombed through windshields. Just absolute brutality. In this match, now. I had I was of two different minds here because when I first heard it announced, my, the first thing that got evoked was uh, John Cena versus Eddie Guerrero in the 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 parking lot brawl, the, whatever the low rider parking garage. John Cena is pushing a lawnmower over him, you know that kind of silliness and silly stuff. That's what I that's what first came to mind. I was not expecting this to be as good as it was. Yeah, there was uh, to be as hard. I, I, after watching it, I went back and watched it yep. again, and I it made me want to go down the CZW rabbit hole again because anytime <laughs> you start introducing vehicles and crazy high spots off to or onto vehicles, that's just, uh, you're going to start bringing in my CZW memories And it, all it over started again. hard, too. Like, I, I expected to start seeing some, like, joke moves at some point. Nah, Santana Ortiz show up in dead president's makeup uh, looking pretty scary, and Chucky and, and Trent did not, they didn't get goofy once. There was only one spot that was a little bit, mm, I, you know, the ironic, funny comedy wrestling, and that was close to the end of the match. Chucky e. T is laid out, leaning up against the back bumper of a car, and it looks like Santana's about to run at him with a baton and basically just smash his skull in. And as he runs at him, Chucky e. hits, he has a remote for a car in his hand, hits it, the trunk pops open, Orange Cassidy comes jumping out with a chain wrapped around his hand, and Superman punches Santana. That's good stuff. And it's it, it's funny because this pays off nearly a year of Orange Cassidy popping up in random places for Santana and Ortiz. You might recall back when Santana and Ortiz were feuding with the Young Bucks, they burst into a bathroom at one point in the in the backstage brawl, and Orange Cassidy was just standing there. At one point, and I believe it was a either an a eight-man tag or a six-man tag, Santana and Ortiz go outside the ring to pull in some ladders. They pull a ladder out front of the ring. Orange Cassidy's on the ladder. Now he pops up. That's one of my favorite spots of the right. year. Easily. He just keeps popping up on them randomly, yeah. and finally it paid off. So it was, it was a ton of good stuff in this match. It Too much to, to get into now because we have to do a whole rest of the show. But this was a fantastic match. I swallow all my words about this feud, and it ended with the side of a, a Chucky e. T and Trent, who's covered in blood. His entire back is bleeding from getting put through a windshield. They stumble away after finally putting down Santana and Ortiz in, in another monster spot. They put him down. They get the pin. They stumble off to the side, and you realize Sue, Trent's mom, is sitting there in her minivan. They all hop in. That's, that's a mom right there. Are you covered in blood, my boy? Go ahead and hop in. Don't worry about the seats. They all hop in. Orange Cassidy riding shotgun, naturally. And as they take off, they stop. The camera runs over to Sue's, Sue's side of the window, and her hand goes up, and she flips everybody off, and they drive off. What an amazing image to finish the whole thing. What an amazing match. 
outstanding. Both two thumbs up right there for sure. Absolutely, and and his back was cut up almost as bad as Dante Fox's back from the uh, the, the 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 Hell of War match. From no, not, he wasn't Lord. missing skin, dude. Let's get don't get well, crazy. Uh, okay, fair. Yeah, Dante Fox missed fair. was missing chunks. He was like there's like strips of flesh hanging. It was not anywhere <laughs> near that bad, but it was not. It did not look pretty. So, so now PNP afterwards, <laughs> Brown Powerful afterwards are saying you woke up something that is now known as safe. So I'm assuming this feud is done and they move on. But Proud and Powerful needs to win something. They just don't seem to be winning matches a lot lately. So I'm curious who they're going to go feud with now, if it's going to be uh, another face team or what. There's not a lot of private parties kind of staged and ready for a, for a feud. Jurassic Express might be as well. Uh, we'll talk about them in a second. But for right now, let's talk about Jake Roberts and Lance Archer. Well, let me jump in real quick and uh, and catch up real quick because we had some some activity going on over here. Uh, Kyle threw in 100 bits, said Shotzi did ask for EO to hurt her. Mission accomplished. It's a good yeah, point. but EO wasn't point. stapling stuff into her chest, so I don't know if uh, that's true. a messed up moonsault is what she meant. That, that's true. Uh, Kyle also gifted a Tier 1 sub to SW Steven. Nice. Thank you very much, Kyle, for the gifted sub. And Steven, if you uh, if you got the gifted sub there, make sure you thank Kyle for that gifted sub. Also, Will threw in 100 bits. He said they absolutely told Cole versus Dream in the parking lot to hold their beer. Dude, Cole versus Dream was garbage compared to this. <laughs> Yet I'm not thrilled about the finish, but it worked. What, what was wrong with the finish? How can you... You've got a mom in her minivan picking up her boys, and right before she slams on the gas to speed away, flips everybody off. <laughs> oh, I love the finish. Yeah. Even even the oh. even the the what was like a power sit out power bomb in the back of a uh, on the back of a pickup truck through a uh, a thing of wood to, for the for the actual oh. pin. That was good stuff. Ow! Ow. Screw the, the apron. Thing, thing that hurts. I, was, I loved it. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. All right, we're good. Jake Excellent. Roberts. Yeah, Jake Roberts. Yeah, Jake Roberts. Not Jake Lawler. Jake Roberts. He's quoting Pink Floyd. He's coming out asking people if they can think they can tell heaven from hell, blue skies from pain. Have they ever seen a green field or a cold steel rain? It's a. It's wish you were here, damn it, in case you don't know. Yeah. But he was quoting it. I don't think he knew the lyrics either. But it doesn't matter because the whole point of him being out there with Lance Archer, who was not happy. Lance Archer was not happy to be there because Jake had made a deal. Jake had made a deal with Team Taz. Uh, and so now, because next week, Moxley had to face off against Lance Archer in a tag team match, three-on-three -three tag match. So Jake put together a team, Lance Archer, Brian Cage, and Ricky Starks, which sounds like a mean combination of people. But also, mm -hmm. when you think about it, it kind of sets up easily for who Moxley's going to pick. And sure enough, Moxley comes out of the back. He's, he's coming out to confront them. And Ricky Starks and Cage jump him in the audience and start beating the crap out of him. Until Will Hobbs, newest signee of AEW, Will Hobbs comes running up to save them. Big, big hoss from Oakland. Will Hoss is Will what I'm going to call him. <laughs> oh, big boy. He comes running up, takes them out, uh, and, uh, and also Moxley announces that his other partner will be Darby Allen. So Darby Allen, Will Hobbs, and John Moxley versus Lance Archer, Brian Cage, and Ricky Starks next week. Mm. That sounds like a really awesome match. Here's the problem. Nick, is that can anyone really afford to eat a pin in this besides Will Hobbs? I mean, he's just coming off a of dark, you know. But even then, like, if they want to build him as a monster, I don't know. I guess Starks could eat a pin, but there's feuds going on all over this. Uh, Cage and, and Hobbs have been feuding. 
Obviously, Starks and and Art and Allen have been feuding, feuding, but and Moxley and, and Archer the week after that in October are supposed to have a title match. Right. So I I, I question this ta- this tag match next week in terms of how do you how do you have a finish? I don't know that you do honestly. I think it I think it builds enough story here for each of them to go off and have their own matches. I would love to see Will Hobbs versus Cage. I think that's going to be that two big boys doing big boy things. I'm all about that. Uh, Darby Allen and Starks is going to be fantastic. And yeah, I would love to see Archer and Mox have it. So I think this is more to build the individual things. But I think what's going to happen ultimately is that Cage Archer Starks breaks down. That ends up costing them. Uh, you know, we're going to see the faces go over here, um, and it probably start. I don't know. I think I think to build anticipation for the fact that Moxley might lose to Lance Archer, they might have the faces lose next week. But then, who do you pin? You have Darby get pinned. Uh, you have Hobbs. Hobbs you could get pinned because he's coming off. Of, like I said, coming off dark. The guy's lost yeah. a, a, quite a bit, and it's it. You know, you're, he's at a point in his career he doesn't need to win all the time. But That's then you also kind of want to build him. So yeah, I'm I'm very curious what they have planned here um the problem is it's gonna be good either way i can't wait to see all six of those guys just beat the absolute hell out absolutely of absolutely but my 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 problem is there's a lot of people here who you want to keep looking strong i would think and you want to keep moxie looking unbeatable but you that's then you can't in this format of the match of a, of a match so i'm yeah i'm curious how they pull this off yeah will threw another hundred bits in just to correct one thing he said i'm not sure i wanted orange cassidy to be involved since he wasn't in much of this feud, that's what he meant by the uh, by the ending. Yeah, and I, I, Will, I think the what I said in chat there was, uh, I think this gets Cassidy back to what he was before, where he was almost a gimmick within a gimmick, w- within the best friends in a way, where, like Ian was describing, he would just show up in all of these random spots. It gets him back to that post-Jericho after he's moved on. I like that he kind of had a surprise role in this, just the way he did before he got involved with the Jericho stuff. So, exactly. Yeah, yeah it felt like going I don't back. think it took anything away from it. felt from like it. going back to old Orange Cassidy, where he was just he would show up and do something funny, and that was that. I'm, I'm all right. about going back to more of that. I don't know if they're going to keep it up or if they're going to have two different Orange Cassidy's now, which we'll talk about because they did have an Orange Cassidy match on the show. But, um, yeah, I, or, I guess that was last week. Was it last week? It all blends together for me. The bottom yeah. line is is that I, I, I prefer Orange Cassidy kind of going back to his old Orange Cassidy ways. And if this is the beginning of that, cool, great. Um, yeah, yeah, and also uh, Butters in the chat saying uh, Darby should take it easy on the big spots in this match. He almost died in the Battle Royale. He, that's what he does. The Darby takes. He, he, I mean, anybody who's going to name himself after Darby Crash and Gigi Allen is obviously not going to be taking care of himself in the ring very much. I don't think. So yeah. I, I, I have a feeling Darby will do something crazy. I mean, he's got to get something back for that uh, that uh, that just gross body bag spot where they poured all the thumbtacks in there and then started choke slamming him inside a body bag. Ha 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 ha. Uh, Please never do that again, Darby. <laughs> that made me very uncomfortable. I, yeah, right. Even as a hardcore CZW fan, that's like, oh, and it's it's no, no, as, no. As we said on the show at the time, that was one of those spots where usually you want to see the damage happening, and that's one where it just it it preyed on your mind, even though you didn't yep. see it actually happening. Uh, so moving over to FTR, we opened the show with FTR versus Jurassic Express, but before it could even get underway, the Young Bucks, uh, who have apparently gone back to being the old Young Bucks. <laughs> came out and super kicked the crap out of the ref. Again, last week we did it with Marvez. They got fined $10,000. 
And this time, they super kick the ref and look at everybody, shrug their shoulders, walk to the back with a stack of cash and just toss it to Tony Khan. Like, to uh, yeah. Here you go. Well, and they, they did it on BTE, too. Like, it you know, came out, well, we got fined for kicking Marvez, and they just walked by Tony Khan's room and threw a whole bunch of cash into his room. So it does seem like we're going to a heel Young Bucks, or not even going to. We're at a heel Young Bucks again. They're going back to the a-holes who don't give a crap. Uh, and that's an interesting thing to do because that happened really suddenly. You know, they tend to like to have a little bit more build and character development. There was, there was none. But we did see hints of this, right? Last year, we were talking about how the Young Bucks were kind of treating Hangman Page like, a, like they were being dicks to him. Yep. So there was something. It feels they're, like they're aligned with Kenny is, is where they're, they're, they're drawing their allegiance. Kenny, Kenny hasn't gone this vicious, this heelish yet. They, they kind of yeah. snapped and turned this way and now are just randomly kicking dudes, which I'm, I'm, I'm fine with. It's fun. Not dudes, referees, well, <laughs> officials. They're dudes, and you know, some. You know, it's not like they're they're wrestlers. They're not performers in the ring. They're these are the officials. That kind of <laughs> makes it funnier. I mean, it, I agree. Last week on the show, I I, you know, I was saying how I felt bad for Marvez, and JB, sadist that she is, said that she actually cracked up when she saw Marvez get super kicked. So <laughs> I know she's marking out wherever she is. Uh, for Alex Marvez, human punching bag. Well, she's marking out for people getting randomly super, super kicked by the Young Bucks. So I, I guess there is a market for that. But it's just it's an interesting thing to see, especially when FTR are your tag champs. And they right. were gracious enough to give a shot to J- Jurassic Express, not at the tag titles, but an opportunity for the tag titles, uh, which they did. They did summarily beat Jurassic Express using their tried-and-true heelish tag tactics, uh, You know, not always playing completely straight. Uh, Tully Blanchard even getting involved, helping hold back Cash as he was, they were in a forearm lock, pulling towards it right in front of the referee. Yep. The new ref. The new ref. But but this match was also awesome. Like, let's talk about the match itself. It reminded me just how good a tag psychology FTR is. Like, just when you forget, these guys come out there and put on a a clinic. And like, to me, it it was a statement. It was a statement of why tag wrestling is so special and so unique because there's a whole different psychology you can employ in these matches. The matches can go really quickly. They had a great psychology here where, you know, Jungle Boy was fighting with a lot of heart and then they were trying to avoid uh, Luchasaurus, who was just a monster, but ultimately isolated Jungle Boy and took him out. And it was it, it was a brilliant match. I, I can't say anything else but that. It was a brilliant match. Yeah. It was really, really good. I, I loved every second of this match. Yeah. Uh, some of the spots that we got, plus the ending was, uh, you know what? If you're going to do a fudge finish like this, or you're going to do some Healy cheating shit, hide it from the ref, or make the ref be facing the other way, because that I love stuff like that in my tag team wrestling. Just it it undoes the beauty of it when you're doing it right in front of that the might have been the ref just being out of position though I don't really yeah. know if I want to blame them yeah. necessarily for it but yeah I know what you're saying I know what you're saying yeah. but um so yeah with the with the with the FTR being your tag champs probably gonna hold it for a while I can't imagine them not holding it for a while and the Bucks oh, yeah. now the, who you would assume would you know at some point we want to see Bucks versus FTR in a major feud that might not happen sooner the Bucks are going. I mean, they're more of the FTW champs now than Cage's because they're just, yeah. they're super kicking everybody. Cage just shows up and looks swole. So, I don't, yeah, I'm very yeah. curious what the tag division is going to have here because you've only got so many face teams. You know, like we were saying earlier, like when who's going to? You've got you've got best friends. You've got uh, Private Party, Jurassic Express, who just lost here. So, 
Yeah, I, I'm wondering. Adrian Blade, Pentagon Junior, and Phoenix. Like, not, there's so many tag teams. They're not. He, they're all heels. That's what I'm yeah. saying. So I'm very curious oh, where they're I going next so. with the tag division. Uh, and it's going to be great no matter what they do because they have a ton of talent. A ton yeah, of talent. Absolutely. A ton of talent also in the singles division. Frankie Kazarian and Hangman Page. Both actually tag teams, but here they're getting a singles, you know, a singles match and just killing it. Frankie Kazarian. Well, this was set up to be originally it was going to be Page and, and Kenny Omega versus SCU. Right. As a tag match, and Kenny was like, "No, I'm done with that tag stuff. I'm singles now." But he still comes out and sits in on commentary. Right. This is this might be like story of the year kind of thing in prof- all of professional wrestling. The whole thing that's going on, circling Kenny Omega, Adam Page, uh, the Young Bucks, stuff like that, because the dynamics of storytelling that we had just on commentary between Kenny Omega and what was going on with Page, and then what happened after the match, and like all of this stuff. I think it's fantastic. So instead of having a tag match, we just had Frankie Kazarian and Hangman Page. Go out there and kill it. Go out there and just, just absolutely kill it. Kill it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so good. It's crazy because it also reminds you that SCU is three just monster singles wrestlers who decided they were done wrestling singles and decided to form up a team. But these guys are all individually so great. It's, why it made, it's what made SCU so good is these guys are so good on their own. That being said, Scorpio Sky is the one who's really being kind of poised to have be the breakout star. But it makes me feel bad for Kazarian because here's he proved here. He's a really good singles guy. The guy is buttery smooth, especially with the guy who's as good as Hangman Page, who is yeah. also buttery smooth. So, yeah, I'm liking the story. I like this match. I, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of... <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of like really happy talking about matches on the show today, Nick. There was a lot of good wrestling this week. We were very yes, blessed. Yes, this week. there was. Uh, the, a couple of things after the match. Uh, Hangman Page does get the win with the buckshot lariat, and then he's almost forlornly looking around for his his partner. And it's there's an ironic piece of that that I I want to talk about because Hangman used to be the one three to six months ago, that would just turn around and walk away right. after they had won a tag match. And now Hangman is in the ring by himself. Uh, he got a stone-cold beer toss, which I thought was cute. Um, standing there having his beer, looking around, going, where is Kenny? everybody? Kenny? Kenny? Where'd you go, Kenny? And Kenny, Kenny, instead of coming down and celebrating, rips his headset off and just yeah, walks, so out of the was and walks down the tunnel. Kenny was on commentary the entire oh. time. And I'm not a big fan of Kenny on commentary because he tends to not entirely take it seriously, but then he'll turn around and make a great technical call. <sighs> but but it was cool to see him just kind of be like, okay, I'm done here. Almost like it was he was assigned to go out and commentate this match, but he didn't really want to be there. And he just, yeah, he just boned out right after the match. Didn't congratulate Hangman. Just took off. Just took off. I just feel this. This is such a good story. I feel this building towards some sort of massive nuclear explosion feud between Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. And it's not going to happen in the next recent time frame. This this is going to continue to take a long time. But when we get there, yeah. when we get there, it is going to be if so we have, good and we are going to be so fulfilled. If we get a full-blown Omega and, and Page feud and they just go to town on each other, that's going to be a hell of a match. God. I am I'm I'm here for it. And I think it'd be <laughs> if they invoke the storyline of Bullet Club and all of the stuff of how they all came together in New Jersey, like bring yeah. in some of they've, that storyline and that history. They've built up a lot of history for it. So it could be it could be great. Uh mm. but there is no history between Ivelisse and Thunder Rosa, who had a match for the NWA World Championship. That's right. Thunder Rosa was back this week 
after losing to uh, to Hikaru Shida at the pay-per-view. But she was back to face Ivelisse. And this match started off a little bit choppy. They didn't feel like they were quite on the same page. But then it got yeah. real good. It got real good. And this was a little Lucha Underground reunion. It was nice to see. Although I can't really remember if they ever faced each other in Lucha Underground. I know they were around each other, but I don't know if they ever had a match there. But that being said... I don't think so. She was gone by that point, I believe. Um, maybe. Ivelisse was a Maybe. Yeah. But this was very good. It ended up being very good. And even though Thunder Rosa did retain, unsurprisingly, and you saw Hikaru Shida ringside, Hikaru Shida jumped in at the end because, because Th- Rosa got jumped by Diamante and Ivelisse. And so now it's set up, so we're going to have Ivelisse and Diamante versus Thunder Rosa and Hikaru Shida next week. Um, is this the best way to go with the top level of the women's division, having two champions face off against two, you know, pretty game. They've 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 made Ivelisse and Diamante out to be solid competitors. Is this the way to go, though? Uh, is this a way to avoid having to look at the elephant in the room, Nyla Rose being undefeated, being the number one contender, and not you can't really do any more of the feud now because you've had Sheeta beat Rosa, right? Is this the best way to go now? Have them on TV, have your two champs on TV, doing some work, having putting on good matches but you don't have to deal with a title change. That's tough to answer because you're asking me if it's the best way to go, and I don't know where you're going. That's the what's what outcome are we hoping to it get out feels, of this? Well, are, are we are we consolidating somehow? Are we bring are we making the NWA Women's Championship part of uh, AEW to by by proxy somehow? Like, is it actually is it actually disputed right now? Are we are we going to have the, it on the line? It was on the At line this point? week. Yeah, it was on the line against Ivelisse. Sure, but we, I mean, I'm talking about with an AEW competitor. Like, if, if Hikaru Shida is able to defeat Thunder Rosa, is she also, is she now a two belt champion? That's what I'm like. Okay, let me, let me, let me take one step backwards. <laughs> when they announced this at the top of the show, Ivelisse versus Thunder Rosa for the NWA Women's Championship, I'm not going to lie. I popped. We love Ivelisse, sure. right? All of that stuff. I, I was like, oh shit. Okay, this is good. Like, let's, let's see what happens here. It, it was fine. It was a decent match. Never once did I think that Ivelisse was going to beat Thunder Rosa nope. for the NWA Championship. The woman's basically undefeated ever. So there's no chance in hell that she was going to do that. But she lost I like the idea that... Right. I'm, I'm sitting here wondering, what are we doing now that you have Ivelisse and Diamante that have won that tag championship uh, or tournament, and then now you've got Sheeta coming in after beating Thunder Rosa... Uh, it feels what it feels like to me is you've got, where are we going it, with this? You've got Nyla Rose, and if Nyla comes after Sheeta, I don't see a way in which you have her lose to Sheeta again. Especially now with, with, that she's got Mm-mm. Vicky Guerrero, right? So you have to you have to legitimize that pairing. So yeah. I don't see Nyla facing Sheeta unless she wins. But so you want to delay that? You want to delay that happening? And the way to do that is don't have title matches. Because the only person who should be having a title match, according to their system, right, they're more sports-oriented, well, you got you have Nyla's the top contender. She should be facing the, for, the, for the championship, right? So the way that you, you stall that is you create a program where the title's not on the line, they're doing something else. And that's what they're doing here. How long can you keep that up and keep people's interest? That's my question. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm here for that for next week, but then what? Then what after that? The, exactly. the women's division is so- very thin. So it's you've got to like find more grist here to keep it going. So it's going to work in the short term, but at some point you're going to have to deal with Nyla Rose and Sheeta and how that works out. You now is there a story where 
you know, Thunder Rosa and Sheeta become friends, and then Rosa helps her against Nyla. I don't know, but I, I think that uh, they've got they've got a stall for the Nyla program, and this is this is one way to do it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now, my other That's question it. is, if if Thunder Rosa is over here defending the, the NWA title, what would be what would be holding them back from having Nick Aldis coming over and doing the same mm-hmm. thing? Uh, we, you know, Nick Aldis face. We did get that shot of of um, uh, Camille in the audience. I believe it was at all. Well, Out. we thought it was Camille. We weren't sure. <laughs> it looked like Camille, yeah. and all of us kind of went. <gasps> was that with Thunder Rosa I, being on the show? Huh? Uh, yeah. So I, I think Aldis would actually fit in All Elite. I mean, he's been on the show before he dropped the title to Cody and then Cody dropped it back so it's it, it would be a fit if they want to get the NWA title back on TV get some exposure I if I were Billy yeah. I'd pull the trigger on that you just had a match between Mike Bennett uh, Canellis uh, Bennett uh and Nick Aldis this last week and I don't know how many people saw it because it it should I don't know it should have been on AEW if you can pull it off you can pull off the business side of it I think it'd be the best thing for NWA right now man they're in they're in tatters yeah. So, take take a small paycheck. A license. Lagana's gone. From, from, from the gone, cons, half of their and get all get all your stars on AEW TV yeah. and have their at least the title Just defense. The titles. Right. Just the titles. Yeah. Get your get your get your belts out there. Remind people that you exist. Do the deal, Billy. That's that's what I'm get saying. Nick Aldis to come out and say, "Hey, Cody, remember when you had this? You want it back? All right, we're gonna have a match. I, well, yeah. Just something. Something." Right? Two big egos just peacocking have him, in front have of each him, other. You know, you've got Brody Lee holding the TNT Championship like a dictator. Do another open challenge with NWA. That was fun. Yep. It was great with the TNT Championship. You could still do it with the NWA Championship, just not as often, not every week. Nick yep. Aldis shows up like a prize fighter. You know what you got? Come at me. It's what he's been doing. It's what he's been nice. doing anyway. Just no one's really been watching it. Right. Like, he spent most of the time in a suit. <laughs> which, honestly, he looks good. He, he looks really a good man in a man looks good in a suit. They definitely, yeah, they definitely pick champs for NWA that look like champs. Indeed. Uh, so, a couple more things here on AEW. Eddie Edwards coming out with his crew, the Lucha Brothers and Blade and Butcher, uh, to say that, that he reminds us all he's ne- he never got tossed over the top of the Battle Royale. What that means, I don't know. Jake the Snake didn't know. Lance Archer didn't know and didn't care uh, <laughs> because it doesn't matter. The match is over anyway. Right. But then he also said, that's right. We're all a family. We're the, we're the agents of chaos around here. You'll be hearing from us soon. And he told Blade to get his house in order, which was interesting. It was weird. So here we have a fact. Assuming he's talking about Bunny. I assume he is too. But she's currently in a program over with the Nightmare Family, which leads us to wonder if they're going to be starting a program with Nightmare Family or what that's going to lead to. I think that'd be a good place remember, to go. Remember a couple months ago I was saying that Allie was, this was all a ruse and it was a... Yeah, she's a sleep, sleeper she, agent. Yeah, and she, I think... Literally that's, a that's sleeper. She's sleeping with Cleveland Marshall, a sleeper. No? Okay, okay. <sighs> so th- this, I'm not sure if I'm on board with this yet because you've got Eddie Edwards who's, you know, he can cut a promo on a cookie. We know from that from BTE. Uh, and he's out here with all of these guys who are all insanely talented. Lucha Brothers in particular, I feel, have been wildly underutilized by AEW. Yeah. Like, painfully underutilized. And that may have been because of the pandemic. You know, PAC, whatever they had planned with Death Triangle. That never happened. Uh, they even referenced that this week where Eddie Edwards says, you're better off with me than some, you know, stunted English guy. So, all right. 
fine. They're now with Eddie Edwards. Does this mean we're getting a Nightmare Family feud? Are they just going to like randomly? They said they call themselves Agents of Chaos. Are we going to be? Are they going to be retributioning around here and just running in on matches and just messing stuff up? I'd be there for that. Sure, but do something. By the way, Andy, Andy corrected do you. Something. It's Eddie Edwards, Eddie Kingston, not Eddie Edwards. Why so do I always have that in the notes? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you do have it in the notes. In the notes. <laughs> I'm going to change What's that. What's wrong I with post me? It later. <laughs> Thank you for correct. Eddie Edwards is in Impact. I know right? where he is. He's in Impact, <laughs> losing titles. Right. So people that just get got to the program. Damn it. Uh, my thoughts on this. Eddie I agree with Kingston. you completely on. Yeah, I agree with you completely on. Pentagon and and Ray Phoenix. And I, here's why. I'm just, starting, I'm just gonna start switching their name just to mess with everybody. <laughs> We're gonna talk about impact. I'll be talking about Eddie Kingston. Everyone's gonna be out there listening to the show going, the hell are they talking about? We <sighs> had one of the most baller matches of last year with the Young Bucks versus Pentagon and Phoenix for the I believe it was the triple A tag titles mm-hmm. last year in a ladder match. Good God. How could they not recognize what those two bring to the table in merch sales, in gimmick? in crowd participation, all that kind of stuff. And I agree with you. A lot of it probably has to do with really investing heavily in Death Triangle and then the pandemic hitting. And it's a bit of a reset. So now they've paired them up. Why do they need to be a tag team? Why do they need to be paired with somebody else? I I want them to be on their own. I want I want to I desperately want to see another Lucha Underground season 1 Pentagon style run. I, I want singles run, I should say. Yeah. So I I'm, I'm I get frustrated when they get cu- tossed around like, oh, now you're with this guy. Well, why can't they just be on their own? And win. Well, it's, the tag division is just so stacked. But so is the singles division. I just don't know yeah. if there's where's where's room for them. So do we have room for another faction? I probably not. Maybe. I mean, we were joking. That, well, we've actually got to talk about that. Uh, MJF came out and destroyed poor Sean Dean. And he said, you know what? Everyone's in a damn faction in uh, AEW. Maybe I should join a faction. Maybe I should start a faction. So hints from MJF that he might start a faction. That could be a great new thing for him. He's been the leader of a group that comes out and just, you know, are a bunch of dicks. They're a bunch of MJFs. He had his title shot. Yeah. It'd be something interesting for him to do. Having these five guys in a faction could be interesting. But not if they keep coming out every week and talking about how crazy and chaotic they are. Do something. You yeah. got to do something. Come on and do something. Be like Private Party and face Jericho and Hager and get your butt kicked or something or vice versa. Be like Jericho and Hager and beat up Private Party after taking out Matt Hardy backstage, which also happened. That was a thing. Matt Hardy was laid out backstage. Jericho shows up with his bat going, oh, how did that happen? That's so crazy. Okay, we're going to go fight (laughs) Private Party now. Bye. And sure enough, they beat Private Party. Uh but, it, but they did let Quen stand tall for the finish. He, uh, they were beating down uh, Isaiah Cassidy afterwards. Quen got in, chased him off, and stands tall. So I feel like that feud's going to continue since Jericho and Hager are now in the tag division. I wish this had been private party versus inner circle. They had given him a couple of weeks to finish up the thing with best friends and had the parking lot brought. Well, and then we get like painted up, almost Gorillas of Destiny style, inner, inner circle versus private party as a proper tag feed. This could actually Instead happen. of Jericho and Hager. And have Jericho wander around with his bat interfering with things. But it's not But done. make the feud. That's true. Matt Hardy's, Hardy's going to come back, you know, with a, with a busted leg or whatever. Or he's, maybe he's taking time off because that's, that's his way out for a little while. Because uh, Rebby's going to kill him if he keeps doing the show. Right. You know, or you have Matt Hardy there. Or the cons. And then you have, <laughs> but you have this continue private party feuds with Jericho and Hager. And then, you know, the rest of Inner Circle gets involved. And private party is getting overwhelmed, and then eventually Matt Hardy comes back, evens the odds a little bit. I don't know. There's a story to be told there. They could do something with that. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, not now. I would love that. Yeah, but it was fun to see Private Party work with Jericho and Hager because very different styles. And Jericho trying to keep up with these kids was pretty funny. Yeah, uh, Cassidy or Isaiah Cassidy went for a crazy swanton, and Jericho hit him essentially out of midair with a giant huge, Judas huge. effect. Good uh, God, knocked almost knocked his head clean off. Uh, absolutely, just a gnarly way to finish this match. But it, it was a good look for both teams uh, in this feud. I, I I like this. I like where it's building to. If we can insert post best friends feud or both post parking lot brawl inner circle LAX DMP, yeah. into this. Um, then yeah, I'm, I'm down. Homicide and Conan. What? Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm for it as well. Overall, a really solid show from AEW. I mean, the main event obviously just was absolutely killer, but tons of good wrestling all across the rest of the show. So very, very happy with AEW this week, but Nick, I'm not going to lie. They, while they did beat NXT by about 200,000 people in, in, in the viewerships, I got to say, you know, the other show held up. But we can't talk about that without heading over and discussing NXT. Okay, we got to talk about the the question that Jake the Snake Lawler asked at the top of the show about the moons, Eosharai's moonsault. Well, let's start there. Let's start. Uh, we Our main event of the show was uh, Shotzi Blackheart uh, coming out in her tank. Oh! All the way across, all the way down. Well, the main event. It opened and the show, but it should have been the main event. Oh, I'm sorry. It, it was, opened it the was, show. It yeah. was baller. Yeah. Uh, Io Shirai, current women's NXT championship champion, uh, in an absolute banger match. And one of the things that I wanted to see, Shotzi has been doing this gimmick since she's debuted. We've seen her mixed up with a larger group pretty much the whole time. Uh, involved with the Robert Stone brand, running the whole silly stuff about running over his leg, which was funny. But I had—I don't think I could remember a time when she had had just a straight-up singles match with someone of any caliber. Yes, she's had matches with Aaliyah, and yes, like, but someone of Io Shirai's caliber. I wanted to see. Does does Shotzi Blackheart go? Does her ceiling go any higher than her riding a fun tank and howling like a wolf? Right. And it. And I'm happy to say, absolutely. And screaming, yes. "Welcome to the ball pit." Which I'm still trying to yes. figure out exactly what it means. I know on the indies she was always saying that she was the girl with the biggest balls. So, you know, they're always talking about her testicular fortitude. Right. So maybe it's her ball pit where she keeps her balls? Maybe. I don't know. I'm stretching. But, yeah, this was an opportunity for Shotzi to really show off what she can do. And she did. EO is one of the best women's wrestlers in the world, and Shotzi was right there with her the entire time, hold for hold, move for move, looked great, smooth as hell, really stiff match. Uh, and this was not just her out there proving it. Also, Wade Barrett over on commentary, who, by the way, is now there permanently. He's been a permanently assigned to NXT, which is Congrats, which Wade. is good news. I've got some good news. Yeah, He put over Shotzi in probably one of the best ways I've ever heard, where she comes out and he's like, I'm not in, I don't really know Shotzi. I avoid her backstage because she's weird. And by the end of the match, he goes, Shotzi has made me a believer. As the match went on, he actually started, you could hear him being won over by Shotzi Blackheart until at the end he goes, you know, she didn't win, but dang, Shotzi Blackheart made a believer out of me. And that was one of the most brilliant ways to get Shotzi over. Besides her performance in the match, was Wade Barrett doing a great job of being convinced of her greatness through the match. 
And that was a really cool way to experience that. And it, it made you go along for that journey with Wade Barrett. So it was great. You know, I didn't. It was funny how much he was talking about at the beginning. He was talking about you. Oh, look at Io Shirai. So oh, she's amazing. She's so good. Yeah. And, uh, and then, oh, that Shotzi Black. I avoid her backstage. She's so weird. Yeah. And then, by the like you said, by the end, it's just constantly like praising. Oh, wow. I can't she, believe wow, that's, that's wow. incredible. Wow. She's really yeah. special. And they they called it a star making performance for Shotzi. Afterwards, we have the you know after the the pseudo botched moonsault, they get back back to their feet. We have a nice handshake, you know, a little mm. nod. Nick, Nick, you got your you got your sportsmanship. Sportsmanship, sportsmanship. yes. Got a full bow and all of that stuff. Right. Like just wow, really, really good stuff. But absolutely love this. What a way to kick off NXT. But the this question week. is, what comes next for Shotzi? We ha- we know we're having a women's number one contender battle royale for EO's championship, and Shotzi's right back in it. She's in there along with Casey Catanzaro, Caden Carter. Indy Hartwell, Aaliyah, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, Zia Lee, and Rhea Ripley. And of those women, I mean, who who sounds like another contender for EO? Tegan Knox. She's just had it. Just had a shot. I know. I know. I think Candice. It, it's think either Candace, Rhea, Tegan, or Shotzi. I see Candice doing it, actually. Mm. Candice, uh, maybe. I mean, we just saw Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. I feel like Raquel Gonzalez and Rhea Ripley will take each other out, and they're going to start a feud because it's, it's still too early for Rhea to go after Io, right? I agree. It's going to be somebody else. You have story with Candice. Candice and T- Tegan are having a little story about how they they now hate each other again, and Candice has said she wants to go for the title. I could see Candice going for it, but uh, but I don't know. It's tough. I've 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 always got a sneaky sleeper eye as well on Zaylee. And I know that might sound silly, given that she really hasn't been put over well. But there's some things that happened in her match, I think, that we'll talk about here in a little bit, that she was showing some tendencies. Well, let's talk about it right now. Jesse Kamea Kamea and Zia Lee versus Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro uh, was a match that happened on the show. And it, it felt like they were building for Casey and, uh, and Caden to be a legit women's tag team which they desperately need. We're out of women's tag teams right now, and the two of them were incredibly fluid as a tag team and had some great combo moves and had an incredible combo finish. Uh, so that's it made me realize, like, yeah, we don't have any women's tag teams, and here's one that actually feels like a tag team. Yeah. So that, yeah. that made me very excited. But also, as you said, on the other side of things, you had Jesse Kamea, who was fine, but Zia Lee has been kind of floating around in NXT for a while now. Always pretty cool, but never really stuck. And in this match, at the end, they went to shake her hand, and she was the one who ate the pin, wasn't happy about it, and walked off without shaking hands and looked kind of pissed. Perhaps a heel turn, which I think would be great for her. Give her- so I wouldn't rule out a, a sneaky move here uh, on a Zia Lee win in a battle royale. To, to be to, to bring yet another woman into this and like you said we've gone through most of them except for Candace really Candace and EO have history as well that's the interesting dynamic of those two for me but I'm, I'm looking at the other ones whether it's Tegan Rhea Dakota Raquel that's so I'm sitting here going could they pull a sneaky fast one on us like Regal is 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 known to do and really and push Zia Lee here 
to come over to be the number one contender out of this battle royal. It kind of levels the playing field a little bit. A little bit, but I think it might be too soon. I think now she has story with Casey and Caden. You know what I mean? I think they all that storyline all takes they take everyone out of that. They take all, each other out. So that's yeah. that's kind of what I'm seeing over there. But I don't know. I could be wrong. Kyle threw in 100 bits. He said, I was kind of disappointed that they had the sportsmanship moment. Was hoping for an EO heel turn so we could start Rhea's path to EO. Yes, expecting Candace as the number one contender. Watching for either Melina or Raquel to keep Rhea busy. They did just hire Melina again, from what I understand. Yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's could be. It could be. It could be. We'll see. They got Melina, and apparently AEW got Medusa. Uh, she's been hanging around there. I don't know if she's officially all elite, yeah. but... I love the shit where they won't look at her. and Yeah. <laughs> if you're watching BTE, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, for me, if I'm having to pick one today, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Shotzi. Uh, again, she just had it, though. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm picking Candace out of that. Yeah. It just seems to be the most logical. But we, yeah, we, we've right. got TakeOver coming up. Like, we just had to take over. We're having another one right at the beginning of October. And it's time. Like, let's, let's lock it up. Let's see. Look at these storylines moving. Uh, another storyline we saw come to what appears to be its conclusion was our main event, and that was Damian Priest. Sorry, sorry, excuse me. <clears throat> Damian Priest versus yeah. Timothy Thatcher uh, in another. I mean, we're, we were spoiled this week, Nick. Another fantastic match, which was a combination of Damian. It was basically Damian Priest trying to do his stuff and Timothy Thatcher just try, trying to do his stuff, his, his grappling technical style, and take down Damian Priest and those two styles clashing. And who was gonna basically who was gonna get the better of it? Was Timothy Thatcher right that he could he could he had figured out Damian Priest? And he pretty much almost did, and Damian Priest just mm -hmm. baby faced up and beat him. And it was fantastic. It was a, a a clash of styles that really, really worked. And Damian Priest as a babyface is a fantastic babyface. He is a bad, a big badass babyface. Yeah, he's like six eight, and he was uh, Thatcher had him locked in that arm bar, and he just wiggled his giant ten foot long legs around and got it on the ropes, and <laughs> like I mean, just, I loved this sort of comeback heat or uh, fire he does a story great, at the end. Yeah, of he it. does a great babyface comeback, a great yeah. one, and it's crazy because we we were guys that were sitting there when he was a heel, going, "Damien Priest is missing something. What is he missing? He's missing an aura. He's missing a, a feeling of being there, right? Like it is, he doesn't he doesn't feel connected." He feels connected now. He feels connected to this. He feels like he he reached through the TV and is a superstar. Like, and and part of it is them defining him as not just being like kind of like this laissez-faire rock star at night, but being a guy who just he likes to party, and that him owning that a little bit more. You know, it, yep, that didn't work out so well for Andrade. <laughs> it didn't. But but Andrade was doing more of the laissez-faire thing. It was like I just care more about partying than I do about. Wrestling and Damian Priest makes you feel like party hard, wrestle hard, yeah. right? And it and that's working. It's working for him. And yeah. he didn't have to go and become some sort of goofy vampire gimmick. The guy is legitimately formerly a club owner. I think he still is a club owner. So like this is this kind of plays into his real life persona. But having him be a badass babyface who then goes and hops into hot tubs with hotties and drinks champagne, I I'm shocked, but it's working. Yeah, it's really it working, and it's, it's it's pretty awesome. And neither of these guys looked bad, no, uh, in, in any way in this match that I can think of. Even even Timothy Thatcher losing again uh, didn't really take anything away for me uh, in in this whole thing. Timothy Thatcher still looks like a killer, but he does have to go win a feud now. 
I really yeah, feel like you can't have him lose again. He's, he's the guy back there saying like, yeah, use my Thatcher Thatch can technique and you're going to win, but then never wins. It's the Bray Wyatt syndrome. If you got a, if you got a guy who wants to be a leader and tell you how things are and tells you he can get things done, but then he can never get things done, it's going to undermine him fast. Yeah. So they have to have Thatcher win at some point. Yeah, Kyle threw 100 bits in and said, I love the storytelling in this match and how Thatcher's promo perfectly set up this match of the week before yes. to keep you watching for things. Uh, but I think it's time for Thatcher to get faction uh, a, la, a la his NW, NJ, his New Japan booking inspiration, Minoru Suzuki. Yeah, a faction. 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 That's, a, that's a mouthful. Uh, but not as much of a mouthful you, as saying Breezango. Every time they they brought back the fashion police gimmick a little bit. They came out as cops in their rematch against Imperium. But that's where the jokiness stopped. They were all business in this match, which, Nick, I got to say, is AEW is out there saying they're the tag team company. And they they had a bunch of tag matches. This NXT match could have stood toe to toe with any of those, if not better. And we've been real down on Brazango recently because they make it hard for us to take them seriously. Yeah, they were all business in this match, and I was not a fan of the first half of this match being being Fandango getting worked over, and then having to you know work for a hot tag from Tyler Breeze. But Tyler Breeze's hot tag was so hot, and then the rest of the match was so on fire that it, I was like, I, I can't be mad at it. They built up the tension, and then they released it, and then after the release, just went so hard that I couldn't be mad at it. I love the story of this is that Imperium is the ring is sacred, their whole gimmick there, and like they they look at Brizango as jokes and they don't take him seriously and they don't take it seriously and none of that stuff and that's their beef that they have with them, but they want their championships back. They can't believe they lost them to the these goofy, silly gimmicks that don't take the ring and wrestling seriously, and then they get in there and they actually go. Yeah. I love the whole dynamic of, of that um, because it, it comes at you from both sides because I agree with both of them. <laughs> I, I love the the approach that the ring is sacred and the people the purity of professional wrestling, but I also appreciate some good comedy from time to time. And it's fun to see those two just kind of butt heads and sort of counter each other, uh, but still work well in an amazing match. Yeah. So, yeah, I had nothing bad to say about, about this one. The only, thing, anyway. the only nitpick I have is Imperium loses again, and they're a team that I would feel you'd want to keep somewhat strong. It's a good thing that they're losing two guys who are the tag champions, so that does legitimize them at least somewhat. Yeah. But you don't have a lot of tag teams right now in NXT. So, I don't know. I'm curious what's next for Imperium. I'm curious if we now see uh, a return to... Uh, Santos Escobar and his boys against Brizango. If that is too soon for that, um, or or what we do? No, next. because I think you need to send Santos off for a little singles run. But you can do that and still have his boys go and be, oh, be like be the be tag. I'd love to see them go full undisputed era and have both the the cruiserweight championship and the tag. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but then what does Imperium do? They just float around doing nothing. That's too talented of a team. Maybe they're waiting for Walter to come back and they can do more I stuff. Mean, we with we just started NXT UK. Back. Maybe that's what so, it is. They're going to send them over to the UK. Maybe they're I don't going know. back. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I'd to love to out. see them in NXT UK with Walter. Uh, if that's and maybe that's what this was. Was they're they're here yeah. to make Brizango look legitimate, which they did success, and then they go yeah. off and do more stuff in NXT UK. Now that, now that they're doing, they're filming that some more, so they can go be a faction with Walter and be legitimate over there, and leave Fashion Police, uh, excuse me, Brizango, looking strong here in the US. Yeah. So. Kyle threw another 100 bits and said, this tag title match was these guys' usual speed times two. 
Was wondering where that came from and loved it. Uh, expect Imperium is back to NXT UK shelf a la Holland. Yeah, I, I agree with you. They're probably going to... I think this might have been a send-off for, for, um, mm-hmm. for Imperium. But again, to, uh, to, the tag division is strapped. Like, they're, they're strapped for teams. So yeah. I wonder if that's even the best idea, or if they should have kept Imperium around looking somewhat competitive. But we, time will tell. We will see. Time will also tell... If Killian Dane and Drake Maverick can get along, they were supposed to have a tag match against Bobby Fish and uh, Roderick Strong from Undisputed Era uh, after last week. But uh, Drake Maverick, he couldn't get Killian Dane on the phone all week, finally found him backstage, and Killian Dane wanted nothing to do with him, so Drake came out to the ring alone, expecting Killian to follow him, and he never came, he never showed up. And Drake just basically Aww. got his, he was had to do his baby face thing, his underdog thing of getting his ass kicked for about 10 minutes in this match before Regal found uh, Killian Dane backstage with a whole bunch of crew watching the TV, watching Drake Maverick get beat up and laughing. <laughs> and Regal's like, you're going to let this happen? And Killian Dane goes, oh, come on, man. I don't want to... Fine, I'll go out there and help him. So Killian Dane comes out in the ring. Doesn't really help Drake. Just kind of tosses him back in the ring, crumpled dead body up from outside the ring where he's being beat up. Throws him back in the ring and goes to leave. An undisputed era. <laughs> oh my goodness, Roderick Strong they're and Bobby Fish—they're laughing, but they—they make, they make the mistake of making a joke at at Killian Dane's expense as he's walking away. We, which was just, that was the, that was a dumb idea. Not the, so. Not the I, I'm, idea. I'm, did he call him a dork or an orc? I think that's being debated. right now. I would now imagine online. it was a dork because they've used the both term, are amazing, but they've used <laughs> the term dork for people before. So I would say that yeah. history would would claim dork, but I yeah. like orc better. Yeah, <laughs> I really I do call Killian Dane a hairy orc. That's pretty funny. Yeah. That's I I've never imagined an orc with a Belfast accent. Usually they're just you know <laughs> they're kind of they kind of hey hey grunt. hey Roderick Strong may, may, maybe don't call a giant guy like this uh, a giant guy from Belfast. Yeah, his uh, nickname a, a, a is dork. the Beast of Belfast. Maybe don't call yeah. him a dork. Yeah, and sure enough, Roderick got, Strong got his ass whipped. <laughs> Killian Dan comes back down, whips the crap out of Undisputed Era, uh, <laughs> helps Drake get the win, and then when Drake goes to be like celebrate afterwards, not KOs Drake again. So the story continues of this odd couple. I'm here for it. It's fun. It's it's light entertainment. It's not the best thing on the card, but it doesn't suck. It's a fun little it's bit got, of entertainment. It's got shades of Team Hell No. I'm enjoying yeah, exactly. the interactions outside of the ring and stuff like that and the wishy-washiness or uncertainty of are they going to help or are they not kind of thing. I, I'm enjoying and it. And it's I'm, also I'm it's good, good for Drake and for Dane. Dane was aimless. He yeah. had nothing that he was doing. They didn't really have a whole lot for Drake after the whole Santos Escobar thing, so they needed to find a new thing, a new angle for him to get over and to stay over and to do something. So it's great for both these guys. Undisputed Era has been around long enough. They can lose like this. They can be a secondary factor in this story and not be the main focus, and they can just be sort of the agents of this other story, and it's fine. It's totally fine, and it's entertaining. So yeah, not mad at it at all. Uh, I'm also not mad at the fact that Kushida is now on He's a wrecking machine for sex offenders. He had a, a match against uh, Austin Theory this week. Uh, unconfirmed, or accused, excuse me, accused, <clears throat> accused sex offenders. He beat the crap out of Velveteen Dream last week to get back at Velveteen Dream for costing him the title match for the for the North American Championship. This week, had a match against a very cocky Austin Theory and tore him apart. Tore him apart. It was beautiful. Uh, but Kushida is now challenging Finn Balor. Awesome, first of all. That's a, that's a throwback to, what, God, nine years ago in New Japan? 
So I'm I'm here for that would be eight years ago. I'm here for Kushida and Finn Balor. I'm here for that. But does and and Kushida has been made to look very strong, killing dudes uh, like Theory and Dream. Is it a bad idea to send him into another major feud where he loses? Because he's not taking a title mm. off of Finn Balor. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I think it'd be a better idea to have him. Not if they run it long enough. He ab- he absolutely could. Well, we and were. I think they they've punked Kushida long enough since he's debuted. What a year ago. But do you think he can get over in that feud? Like, is he going to get over uh, facing and losing to Finn Balor? Because you know, it, I'm not. It sure. hasn't really worked before. He won't beat him in two weeks when we have that next takeover. But I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure they couldn't run that program longer. I don't think they will though. That doesn't doesn't yeah, sound right. I don't to have me. confidence. You want you want a lot of people to face Finn now that he's champ again. I think. But yeah. what do they do with Kushida after that? I mean, we were talking about him, the pluses and minuses of him being a longer term feud with Velveteen Dream. That could be part of the finish. Velveteen Dream comes back and costs Kushida the match, and then he goes into a Velveteen Dream feud. But we talked about how that also could be questionably good because no one really wants to see Dream. And if Kushida's in a match where people want to root for him, but they don't want to see the match because they don't want to see his opponent. That could also be uh, uh, bad for him. Bad luck. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. I agree. Finally, Desmond Troy came out to get murderized by Tommaso Ciampa, who's on a, a reign of terror. Uh, and after the match, Jake Atlas came out to say, "Hey, man, I'm not going to stab you in the back like you did me, but I'm going to come out and tell you I'm going to stab you in the front. I'm going to kick your ass, Ciampa, and that's the end of it." And he walks off. And later on, is uh, interviewed about it in the parking lot, and Champa stabs him in the back again, beats him up the parking lot, leaves him laying, but he gets chased off by Kyle O'Reilly, who came in and said, "That's enough. Things are getting interesting here." Jake Atlas looking like a million bucks, by the way. Great promo. Both of those promos were were awesome against Champa here. Um, really made him feel legitimate, even though he got beat down again. But then Kyle O'Reilly getting involved is very interesting, too. Kyle has been showing some more face tendencies. This was a full-on face moment for him. And I would be 100% here for solo Kyle O'Reilly versus Tommaso Ciampa. But I also want to see Jake Atlas get some love. Are we seeing a three-way? Same. Are we like what? How do you think this settles down? Don't, don't rush it. Let, finish business with Jake first. And, and have Kyle just be this sort of locker room leader, the, the dog that's, that's kind of holding, just running things, right? Like, hey, <laughs> just stop it. Knock it off. And for, quit going out to the parking lot, guys. Haven't you guys heard? Don't, don't go to the parking lot. You're going to get your ass beat if you go out there. Somebody yeah, might throw again. poop on you. You might get kidnapped by uh, by luchadors. There, there's all kinds of stuff. Just Seamus might frame you there. for drunk driving. You never know what's going to happen right, out there. Right. It's a madhouse. <laughs> uh, my concern with this, uh, and then i got to catch up a little bit. My concern is Champa. Uh, he feels a little rudderless and he was the biggest thing when he came back, uh, two years ago. And we've talked about this ad nauseum on the show here, the, 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 the feud with him coming back after the DIY breakup might go down as one of the best stories ever in wrestling. And he juxtaposing from that to where he is now after getting, basically getting chumped by Karrion Cross a few weeks ago. To where to, I just he feels a little rudderless. I love I, Jake this, Atlas interacting. Yeah. I, I love Kyle O'Reilly potential, but I I'm worried about Champer. But he's but if he's rudderless, he's an, he's got an outboard motor that he's currently is strapping to the back <laughs> of his boat, and he's trying to rev it up here because if you put him into a, a mid card feud where he's elevating Jake Atlas and he's getting Kyle O'Reilly over as a face, you have my attention. Agreed. You have my attention. Put that in my eye holes. 
Indeed. Put it in Indeed. my eye holes. Uh, Let me catch up a little bit yes. real quick before we get out of here. Uh, Kyle threw 100 bits in. He said, maybe it's me, but I want to see a dinner at the Danes with Nikki Cross playing match peacemaker between Drake and Killian. I don't know if I want to see any more dinner parties on NXT. Yeah, I'm good with the dinner parties. But I I, I, I don't need any more. I, although you, you can follow them on Instagram, I believe. She was, during the early part of the pandemic, she was punking them right and left, and it was pretty funny. Yeah. It is funny to see this tiny little girl being the dominant, wearing the pants in the house uh, with this giant, beastly, hairy man. That that is that is pretty funny to watch. The only, it's not it's uh, not as funny when she starts coughing up the hairballs though. That's not as funny. N- uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Nick. Sorry. Sorry. Excuse Sorry. me. <laughs> uh, Kyle threw another hundred bits and he said, "I think if Kushida gets a big NXT match pushing uh, Maller, that takes him from not on the card to upper mid card." Yeah, it depends on how the match goes down, though. Um, I think it will be a fantastic match. Uh, I just don't see it ending well for Kushida, unfortunately. Yeah, I, they could I, run it out long and 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 have him go over Finn, and they turn it into a, a bit of a back and forth a bit. But, or he, it could not yeah. be Kushida. He could just be saying that because he wants to be in the Gauntlet Eliminator match, which we're getting next week. Which sounds like a it's a combination of a uh, a Gauntlet match and a you know a, a battle royale where like it's every two minutes a new guy comes in. So Kushida yeah. could be putting himself up for that, and Dream takes him out of that, and he goes and fuse with Dream, and doesn't even go to Finn Balor. So we could just yeah. we could be uh, jumping the gun on that, but yeah. but we'll find out next week on NXT. Uh, we got to do any catching well, we up? We got we got one more. Yes, sir. We got one more. Uh, Will threw in a hundred bits. He said Jake Atlas is cutting promos. We all wish Ricochet could cut. Well said. Well done. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Brilliantly said. Yep. Totally. <laughs> totally true. Uh, to- I'm not, I, I, right, I, I got nothing. Home. I got nothing. That's hundred percent true. <laughs> I got nothing on that. Yeah, it is. I got nothing Agreed. to talk about that. But I got plenty to say about WWE's main roster. So Nick, let's go talk about Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, there was a lot that happened on this show. Uh, I did notice, I'll say here up front, Discord was mostly quiet last night. I'm not sure what was going on last night uh, if you guys were didn't watch. But heads up, it was actually a really, really good show. Uh, we were on a, we're on a two-week streak now where we've had really good smackdowns on Friday nights. And uh, we're going to go over Surprisingly a lot of Surprisingly entertaining, today. relatively speaking. Yes. I but I don't feel like a lot... I don't know. I, I, I felt a little bit let down by the story advancements, but the way that we got there and some of the character work was really good. And so that well, here's where the, the, the here's where my excitement good. comes from is a lot of it is riding high on this new Roman's Reign, Roman Reigns character. Let me explain. We all know 2017 was just not fun if, if you were not a Roman Reigns fan. Uh, but if you were a WWE fan, it was all Roman all the time, it felt like. And it, it had been until up until the pandemic stuff, and he kind of bounced out, giving Braun Strowman and Bray the summer. So with this new thing where he's back, he's the universal champion, he has Paul Heyman at his side, and Jay Uso uh, as this number one contender to face at Clash of Champions, now all of a sudden... Uh, you've got Paul Heyman coming to the ring with Roman Reigns, and normally where Paul would do his shtick with Brock Lesnar, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) whatever, Roman rips the mic out of his hand and just goes, look, this is how it is. This is my yard, my island, 
My it, ring. It's not my. It's it might be my yard, but it's now my island. Yeah, and my this WWE. all followed an amazing video package narrated by Paul Heyman describing the Anaway fam Samoan yes. family and the dynasty. Oh my! You like, can tell you in, watched, the, in the in the program between uh, Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe. You could tell that Paul wanted to get into the racial history of Samoa Joe and the Samoan heritage and how badass all that was, right? Now he's got the opportunity. He's got a dude who legit has major connections to the Samoan dynasty from WWE, which is a legitimate thing. It's a legitimate big deal. Yeah. And he is running that thing to the moon, going all the way with it. And it wouldn't surprise me if they are trying to get Roman versus Rock for next year's WrestleMania. Because of how much they're playing with the Samoan dynasty thing, and that honestly, well, he did. He'll, he's still in shape because he did just rip his own gate off the front of his house. Off, he, Rock ripped the gate off of his house with his hands. A steel gate. <laughs> okay, that aside, imagine the Rock coming back for a heel Roman Reigns feud at WrestleMania. I that would be hot fire, hot fire. But. Before that, Roman has to go through his flesh and blood in the form of Jay Uso, who's very game. You know, he's he's but also play being along. a little bit nebbish in a way. He's Let a me little describe. Nebbishy. So me, you've got you had Jay come out. Uh, with, they had the tag match here at the end of the end of the show, yeah. and against Baron Corbin and Sheamus. And at the end of the match. Uh, you had Jay sort of being smiley and happy and looking around and like, yeah, I'm hanging out with my cousin. We're doing tag matches. And Roman Reigns is giving him the death stare looking through his soul. Well, because Jay stole the pin. Last week, Roman came out and you know, they, had to, they had to hash that out at the beginning of the show where Jay was like, hey, man, I'm just going to assume that you're not coming out till the end of the match was a miscommunication. So, all right, cool. We're good. Let's go have the street fight against Sheamus and Corbin at the end of the show, the tag match, which not a good week to have a street fight. Guys, no. not a good week to have a street fight. We had a, we had a lot of street fights. Sorry, this week. <laughs> that was not well planned because <laughs> it's just going to pale in comparison. But it was a fight. It was fine as a match. It just wasn't really a great street fight. Um, but the end of the match, Roman Reigns uh, comes in with the spear uh, on. Uh, so Jay Uso hits Corbin with the Universal Belt, eats a spear from Reigns, and then Jay gets the splash in the pin. And Roman's sitting there going like, "You son of a bitch." Mm-hmm. He's like smiling to his face, and as soon as Jay turns away, death stare. So building up a little tension between them, fine. We know Roman's going to kill Jay. We know that. You're giving us a little reason why But it's why he's bigger do it. now because they've told us this story about the legacy of the right. NRI family. Who's going to be the and, tribal and leader? Roman's going to destroy his family. Yes. His the, the entire family is now at stakes because Jay Huso is going to get murdered. I saw I saw an aspect of this uh, someone pointed out online and I liked thinking about it this way. And that was that one of the things that we always accuse Roman Reigns of was being two-faced, like not being genuine, right? Yeah, he would come out, and WWE would have him say things that didn't sound like him, or he wouldn't believe it. You know, he in interviews he'd say that you know I'm just happy that I'm able to support my family and, and I'm getting paid. Beyond that, I don't care about WWE. If the fans don't like me, no big deal. And the fans took that as, oh, you don't care about us, you care about the money. And that was always sort of an undercurrent, a bit of tension between how Roman Reigns was portrayed and how WWE wanted him to be taken, and how the audience perceived him. Now they store, they steal, they. St- turn the ship right into that and Roman Reigns is being disingenuous with his own family he's a two-faced dude this is what we always were saying about him or feeling about him even if it wasn't what we were being told we always had that perception of him where like you just don't feel genuine 
And now we're seeing it come to fruition in this heel character. It's a great little bit of character storytelling, and it works. It makes him more engaging. It makes Roman Reigns an interesting heel character, which is something that we've wanted Roman to be. We wanted him to be interesting. We wanted our big bad guys on WWE to be interesting. He's interesting. And this is in what's essentially a feud with his, with his family that's only interesting because it's against his family, and we can see it coming. Jay can't see it coming. He doesn't know he's going to die. He's going to die. Roman's going to kill him. And the only question I have here, Nick, is with this match is, uh, one thing I liked was this whole Roman shows up late in the match, Brock Lesnar's people and leaves. I thought that was fun. I thought it was funny. It was, it was a nice new twist on it. He actually wrestled this match. Is it too soon yeah. for him to leave that behind? Or is it something that it's fun for them to tell us that he does and every once in a while he does it, but then you know he will actually also work matches so we don't have the Brock Lesnar effect of being mad at someone for not actually working? Right. I don't want him to become the thing that we all also hate, which is Brock Lesnar showing up for three-minute matches, 1F5 and done. Uh, I don't want this to descend into that. Even though the it's it's been that since he did that to to oh you're just a freak in a mask since he did that at uh, at payback. That one that so, one stung you, didn't it? You weren't a fan of it. Yeah, I was not a fan <laughs> of that one. You just kind of undid a year's oh, worth of creative work of Brit. Anyway, uh, I'm digging where where Reigns is going with this. I do like seeing him working. I don't want to see the the Brock Lesnar effect. Uh, I love that they're folding the whole Anoa'i family into this. If what you say is true and we end up with Roman Reigns and Rock at WrestleMania after all of this, because Jimmy's got to be next, wouldn't you think? Jimmy's got to come he's back in injured. and defend the honor. I know, but I mean, at some point, he's going to have to show back up and be like, hey, you hurt my brother, my twin brother, our cousin, your, your cousin. Why, why'd you do that for? Just And we're going to have this sort of all over again. And, how do we how do we get there man there is so many ways there are so many pa- parallel paths you could take this whole storyline I love I love that Paul has tapped into uh this this the storyline with that video package it's amazing yeah so it's mm, they're, they're keeping in. it entertaining uh you know even though <laughs> it's inev- it is inevitable Jay yes. Jay going to die Jay's going to yes. die class of champions but my question is then what do, what happens next with uh Sheamus and and Corbin is Corbin just, are they this window dressing because Sheamus also got beat up uh, by Big E earlier on in the show who's back for retribution he, he beat up Sheamus a bit but then also beat the crap out of the security guard that sold him out and tried to sell out Sheamus on this show telling Sheamus that hey your car's getting towed and that lured him into Big E which on the one hand I don't know if Big E should be beating up security guards on the other hand the security guard, the security guard did sell him out and they do need to show that Big E can get serious. Right, he can roll to the ring like a log and, you know, gyrate and be weird. But when he turns on the jets, he's got to be a badass. And he looked that way. He looked like he was serious. And if you want to continue the Sheamus and Big E feud and have them go out there and beat the crap out of each other, I ain't mad at it. Yeah, I, I want to see this Big E go out there and dominate. Me too. So, but so even when he even when the the security guard went out there and and Big E turned around with his hat on backwards and he had still had a big old shit eating grin on his face. And I was just like, no, be mad. But then he showed it, you know, he showed it in his actions. He put him through the, the windscreen of the car and like, that was, that was fine. Yeah. I don't know where they're going with Corbin and Seamus though. 
it just again it still feels i said rudderless early about about champa i don't feel any direction there was uh, with, yeah. with Seamus and Corbin and there was right a now. little bit of that on the show where people were just being utilized to fill time yeah. as ancillary pieces of other stories and we we talked about undisputed era being that way in NXT but i feel like they've earned that with what all they've done in NXT whereas i felt like corbin for example is just kind of he's just there like, oh, we need a bad guy for this match. Eh, just get Corbin. You know what I mean? And Sheamus as well. We need some big, strong guys who can go in the match and look like threatening against uh, Roman and Jay. And Sheamus and Corbin just happened to be yeah. there. Like, why not? Okay, let's just use yeah. them. So I felt like that was a, it was a bit unfortunate that that was the case. Uh, not so much over in the storyline with Sasha Banks and Bailey. We saw Sasha for the first well, hey, time let me, since Bailey. Let me Bailey catch up real quick before up. we jump over to the next one. Oh God, we got to yeah, catch Kyle's, up real quick. Kyle's dropping bombs today. Uh, thank you very much, Kyle. Hundred bits. SmackDown being basically Heyman controlled. Uh, Heyman controlling the main event. Brian doing the mid card and everything else by Bruce is a great mix that I'm honestly surprised is working as well as it is. Love SmackDown. I'm not surprised. Actually, I'm not surprised it's working as well as it is. It's actually, yeah. it is. You're ha- right. Heyman it's great. being it's, in it's a more on screen talent role rather than a backs- backstage kind of production role, I think is actually a good thing. It frees him up yeah, to someone. It, it makes me insane because now over on Raw, we're going to get Keith Lee versus Drew, Drew McIntyre again. You got, Raw is killing me right now. Somebody go over to Raw and help that yeah. show. They're just going to keep following in the ratings that they keep doing this stuff. It's crazy. Kyle threw another 100 bits, and he says, I want Big E to start calling everyone he whoops up on Larry from now on. Make that a damn meme. <laughs> yeah. he'll, he'll do it. He's the kind of guy that will do yeah. it, too. All right, cool. And we will never know why. Larry. On to Sasha and Larry. Bailey. On we, to we Sasha have much and Larry. To I mean, Larry. Bailey. <laughs> Sasha comes out in a neck brace. Uh, to to talk about what really happened with them, and cut a great promo. Loved it. You know, we 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 make fun of Sasha Banks. Uh, you know, some like sometimes even marble mouth on this show a lot. She's overcome that. She totally overcome that. She can now cut a great promo. I was um, worried they were going to do this, this was, too soon. Um, but then having her come out in the neck brace, cut the promo, and then what inevitably happened happened, and yeah, I, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm not mad yeah. at it at all. Uh, but but Sasha was there to say, yeah, Bailey, you turned on me. I got and got emotional about all our history. I I actually I thought we were friends. I thought it was, I thought I thought we were the best thing for each other. You're an idiot for thinking that we didn't make each other yeah. better or naive. She called her naive, not an idiot. Um, you know, like like we made each other better. And you cutting these ties is actually really short-sighted on your part because I'm going to come at you and take your SmackDown title because of what you did. And that's the only thing you care about, so I'm going to take it from you. I love it. Yep. I love this story. You done, you done messed Guys, up, girl. it's finally here. We're yep. finally but getting Sasha Bailey and Bailey. <laughs> Blindside Sasha again, beats her down again, injures her again, and sends her. Uh, off sets her up in the chair, Bailey holds looked, her head up in it, uh, and if, if it weren't for the official stopping her, it would just crack her neck in half. And it, this, we're finally getting to nuclear with these two, and I, I absolutely love it. We've been begging for this for years, years. I just want Sasha now. Now have Sasha go away for a little while, yes, and then come back on fire, and we'll all be super excited when she comes yep. back. Let Bailey go off. Be a heel, run her program against Nikki Cross for right now, and whoever's after that, fine. Let this simmer. Let this simmer. Let it. You, you, if you're going to try and make this a WrestleMania match, which you should, let it simmer. Run it for a long time. 
Um, it's it's good yep. stuff. We we're finally getting it, and they they did it right. They were smart. They were they were. It was the right call to make us wait to go through the whole story of them getting all the championships and all the belts. Even though everyone's like, "Oh God, they're always on TV. They're all you know, they're all over. The, all the belts kind of sucks." And in, in now, in hindsight, that's a great story. They have a great setup for this feud. So, Ian, I'd like to enter into Good the record stuff. that I'm going to go ahead and call that Sasha Banks wins the Royal Rumble. I think we already called that. Did we? At some point. I think so. Yeah, I think around the time when Bailey beat her down, I think on that episode is when we said, okay, that's it. Sasha's winning the Rumble. Yep. Okay. That's got to be that's got to be one of the co-main events of WrestleMania next You've year. You've got to have every horsewoman win the Rumble at least yeah. once. <laughs> yeah, let's let's get so, all those boxes checked off so we can move Charlotte, on eventually. Let's take off Sasha <laughs> exactly. Oscar won it too, so she, you yeah. know we've got everybody. We got to get another one in. Um, so we've also got intercontinental, uh, intercontinental Sasha Banks intercontinental title picture, which is Nick. You and I wanted this to become a triple threat between Sami Zayn, AJ Styles, and Jeff mm -hmm. Hardy. And this week we had Sami Zayn versus AJ Styles. With no, we're, they didn't really say there was any, if it was for the Intercontinental title right to challenge or anything. It was just a match because they don't like each other. And last week, Sami Zayn interfered with Jeff Hardy versus AJ Styles for the IC Championship. Uh, and this ended with AJ Styles getting kind of a scurrilous win over Sami Zayn. But it didn't really matter because what really mattered was Jeff Hardy came down, got into it with both guys, and challenged them both to a ladder match at Clash of Champions for the Intercontinental Championship. Man, I don't care how... Because this feud's been kind of lame on how we got it. We got matches that don't have finishes, matches that don't matter. This match here where I don't think they should have had Sammy get beaten. But it doesn't matter. We've had all of these aborted matches that now... We, we know when these three guys get together in the ring with a ladder, it's going to be insane. Yes. And I don't care how we got there. I wish they could have gotten there a bit more elegantly, a bit more... Um, with, without having the matches that were just kind of blue ball yeah. matches. We're going to get we're going to get what we wanted, a triple threat ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship between Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles and Sami Zayn. This has Zane. match of the year potential. Three guys who are meat and potatoes ladder match guys. You know that's my that's my match, yeah. man. I love ladder matches. You I'm so happy about this. <laughs> I'm so happy, Nick. I want it now. You only got to wait two more I weeks. I want it right now. It's too. But long. I want it now, Daddy. I want it now. <laughs> uh, I don't think so, you could. That's all I gotta say yeah. about this. Like, I, I don't. I didn't need all the little kind of half matches that we've had to get there. Just give me that triple. And threat. to think that this all started with a DUI hit and run being staged by Sheamus. This no. This started with something else. This started. <laughs> this was after we got rid of that. <laughs> no, it was Jeff Hardy's like redemption from on like Sheamus. Lashley getting his Drew McIntyre feud after the Lana wedding thing. This is this is sure. this is that. This is we're okay, good. We're done with that stupid terrible angle. Now we can go have some right. fun. And if we're going to have Jeff Hardy back in the WWE, let's have him do what he does best. Bread and butter, ladder matches. Swanton off of something really tall. That's yeah. Just absolutely. Yeah, whatever. Don't care. Yeah. Sami Zayn, people forget. Sami Zayn is a ladder match dude. So this is going to be banana. Yes. Uh, also, I'm th I'm finding it's very interesting what's happening with Miz and Morrison and Heavy Machinery. They've been feuding for a couple of weeks. Miz and Morrison keep trying to steal the uh, Money in the Bank briefcase or lunchbox, as the case may be. And this week, they came up with a new ruse, a new way to get their hands on that contract. 
They start off the whole show with dirt sheet, and they make fun of heavy machinery and Otis in particular until Otis comes out, beats the absolute crap out of Miz, rips all his clothes off, except for his tidy whities and uh, Miz eventually escapes into the back where he's on the phone with, and with Morrison next to him. He's on the phone with somebody. He says, was that enough? Cool. And we find out that it was all a ruse to be able for them to sue Otis for his Money in the Bank briefcase, which, yes, stretches the very bounds of logic on so many levels. I love how Miz is also very embarrassed that he's been, quote-unquote, exposed in his tidy whities even though he wrestles in bikini trunks. Like, he, he has... Yeah, right? what's the difference? <laughs> it's exactly the same thing. Well, except that, I mean, I, I would say that, except that Jake Hager keeps coming out in, like, man trunks, right. like, like, Boxer briefs, and it makes me yeah, uncomfortable Jake, Jake, every time. Jake, your Hager is showing. You know, just put that yeah. away. <laughs> Jimmy Jake Hager. <laughs> We're seeing your acorn right. there, buddy. <laughs> so, but this is entertaining. Like, I, there, the logic it does not exist. There, I'm just, I'm turning off my brain and enjoying the fact that all these guys are very entertaining. That's an interesting angle to take on it, and I'm curious if that's a good way to get the t- the briefcase off of Otis. If you don't want to have Otis take a run at Roman Reigns because you want to keep the title on Roman Reigns till WrestleMania, but you don't want Otis to actually lose in a attempt. Just take it away from him. Have Miz take it away from him. That builds sympathy for Otis, and then Miz can go or Morrison can go fail their cash in attempt, and they're asshole asshole heels. It's not going to hurt yeah. them. There's a couple of other things at play to here too. So Miz revealed in the dirt sheet that he was the one that orchestrated the trade to get Mandy Rose over to Raw. We didn't really get any more information than that, and I don't really know what she is. I mean, are they trying to build her up to put her over on the the big brand to go up against for the Raw Women's Championship? That could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, also, I like I like the fact that uh, that Miz was the cause of that. It builds, it, it, you know, if you're going to do it, at least get some sort of equity out of it. And splitting up Otis and his girlfriend is a great way to have Miz look like an asshole yeah. heel. Uh, also, while Tucker Tucky was reading the lawsuit. Okay. He was reading the lawsuit out to Otis as he was emoting just irrationally, and it was amazing. It was beautiful to watch. He uh, took it. We're in trouble. <laughs> he said, actually, you're, a, you're, you're in, in trouble. That was it. And I Don't went, Tucky, no! Oh, come on. You have so few tag teams. You have so few tag teams. Don't split up heavy machinery. Why are we breaking I know up that another you want to have Otis team? have it. Otis have a singles run. I know that Tucky needs to do like. Don't make Tucky a Genetti. Oh, come on. You can AEW is doing it, and is, they've proved they can do it. You can have people be singles and also be in a tag team. Don't, don't do it. I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm hoping that's not what's actually happening here, and that was just a funny little moment. Yep. Uh, fingers also, crossed. Also, don't uh, split up. Since we're on here. Miz, uh, it's there's some pretty good evidence out there that Miz is in retribution. Let's assume hypothetically that that is the case. How does that little factoid uh, play into any of this, if at all, in your head? I can't see it. I, I, I am not convinced. I've seen the evidence as well. It would make so little logical sense, and it would be such a weird, hard left turn for his character, um, which could be interesting to have Miz become like a evil heel mastermind. Uh I wouldn't mind seeing Miz go that way. I don't see WWE viewing him that way. No. 
Um, unless he got in their ear and was like, "I need, I want to change it up." What I what I did um, get was I, I remembered how good Mizdow was. I I remembered how much I enjoyed heel Miz as Intercontinental Champion with, with Bo Dallas and and Curtis Axel. What a good time that was. And I'm sitting here going, could you have Miz at the front of Retribution? Uh, even if he's just and pulling. And not have it be a comedy thing, yeah. though. That's the question. Could, could, could we take it serious? Yeah, could we take Miz seriously as an evil mastermind? And that's a, that's a, that's a big hill to climb. Yeah, that's a big hill to climb. Because he's never done that before, and, and it's, it doesn't seem believable. No. It kind of downplays could, Retribution a little bit, honestly. Yeah, I, I like Retribution better as just being a whole bunch of, of PC thugs coming up and and you know be, getting there on their own merits. You've got enough talented people in that crew. Um having a mole on the main roster of WWE would be interesting. I don't think Miz would be the best no. choice. It could be a good angle, but there's a like again, that's a big uphill battle to make that work. I think that having Miz try to steal the briefcase for money in the bank, have a failed run at Roman Reigns with it, that's a lot more interesting. I think for yeah. him doesn't help him in the long run. Uh, being the leader of, of Retribution would help Miz in the long run. I just don't see WWE seeing that. If that makes yeah, sense, it'd be interesting to see where they go with it all. I could be, I could be, I could be wrong. Yeah. Could be wrong. Uh, we will wait and see. We're also going to wait and see what's going on with Nikki, uh, Nikki and Alexa. Nikki Cross had a match against Lacey Evans. Well, we got to uh, set that which, up because that's a big deal. Well, well, we had Alexa Bliss come well, out in our then. second talk show of the night. We opened up with Dirt Sheet with Miz and Morrison. And in our second talk show of the night, we had a moment of bliss, which was actually yes. a really good one. Uh, now that I, I looking back on it, it, when I when it first came out and I saw, I heard the music playing is, uh, oh, God, I rolled a little uh, bit. Oh, another moment of bliss. Okay, great. Another talk show. Fine. What, is Kevin Owens going to come out right. next and do his, the KO show? Uh, let's have two but, hours of talk but, shows. I, but it makes total sense when you think that Alexa's going crazy and we want to get more into her mind, and that's a great way to. And because she had Nikki on the yeah. show and it was all about them and what their relationship is, we got some more character development. Yes. And out of nowhere, Lacey Evans comes out and starts taunting Nikki Cross. She couldn't get it done against Bailey. Uh, Nikki should, or uh, Lacey should have a turn. You know, all of the stuff that you would get typical fair. So we end up with a match between Lacey Evans yeah. and, and Nikki Cross. And it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun to watch. I mean, it's fine. It wasn't bad. It wasn't amazing. It was it was it was there. It was, it was a match, but the match was was there to fill time yes. for the yes. story. Uh, Alexa Bliss and, ends up on commentary again. Uh, comes over and uh, Lacey Evans comes over and says "fiend," and she ends up giving the sister Abigail to Lacey Evans. And I'm sitting here going, "Huh." Is there some sort of mental trigger word if you say the fiend or invoke the fiend somehow? Is that what sets Alexa Bliss off? That's going to be interesting. Are we continue? We haven't seen Bray since. You mentioned Mr. J. Exactly. Thank you. Right. Thank you for being. Thank you for that. Because I got you. That's dude. exactly where I'm going. I've been saying for a long time since this all really started. Are we going to get an actual Joker Harley Quinn kind of dynamic here? I I think that's where we're going, guys. It, it does seem to be what it feels like. She's going back to the Harley Quinn haircut and seems to be obsessed with the psych the psychopath. So why not? And I'm not mad at that, I mean, even if it's a little mystical. And after the match, she actually ends up giving Lacey a sister Abigail for good measure. So, you know, sh showing all the traits of it. I think that's an interesting story. I'm curious uh, if she ends up turning on Nikki and costing her her title match against Bailey, protecting her on, in that. I think that's a good call. The only downside here is Lacey felt like window dressing. She was the Corbin and Sheamus of this match where she was just there to be an opponent for Nikki, and there ain't nothing going on for yeah. her other that's than that. That's a shame. 
She's so she's just, she's just a, she's a useful tool in this storyline. But it's a good storyline at least, and I'm I'm here and I'm curious where they're going f- with it. Uh, who would have thought two years ago? Nikki Cross was going to be in a storyline on the main roster where she was not the crazy one, and the other person's the crazy one. Kyle, speaking of which, Kyle threw 100. Yeah, exactly. 2020, y'all. Kyle threw 100 bits in. Thank you, sir. Hypothetical. What if this Alexa story is leading to both Alexa and Nikki being sanity-level crazy tag team? Huh. Uh, I, I like what they're doing better. I don't need Nikki to go and be crazy Nikki anymore, even though I love crazy Nikki. She's crazy in a different way, where she's just unhinged, whereas Alexa seems to be going like Harley Quinn. Orchestrated. Right? Where Tactical. She, yeah. Strategic. But also, but she's like the fangirl of the psychopath, right? That was like, even when Nikki was in Sanity, it, that was not the dynamic. And I'm not saying it has to be apples for apples, uh, the same thing. But yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe if Nikki does turn and kind of join Alexa and they're a tag team again, only their heels. And, but, and Ale- Nikki goes to the dark side, but doesn't want to be the dark side. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think how that dynamically would work and logically work. And I, I don't... I, obviously, they, it's their world. They could do whatever they want. They could just tell us kayfabe. Like, oh, yeah, Alexa it made Nikki crazy. And they could just tell them we'd have to go with it. Um, they need more tag teams, so I couldn't be mad at them reforming the tag team as heels. Mm. So, yeah. Eh, all right, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy it. I'm not gonna sell it. I could yep, see it. I agree. Uh, lastly, here we have to talk about what's going on with Lucha House Party because, you know, I, I, I they've been this tag team for so long. They've had pinatas and been silly and been goofy, but recently we've had some breakdown in the faction between Kalisto and especially Lince Dorado, almost challenging in a machismo kind of way of who's in charge of of Lucha House Party. And yeah. uh, they're they're wrapped up. They've been wrapped up. Lince is, and Grand Metalik especially have been wrapped up in this storyline with Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura over the SmackDown Tag Championships. But it seems to be developing a little bit more. So what it ended up with while those two were fighting. It's a stop start. It is. It's stop start booking. Like we, we first Lucha House Party is okay. Then they're not. It reminds me a lot of the Andrade and Garza thing where like some weeks they work, some weeks they don't. It's just when they rem- like the creative remembers, oh yeah, we have the storyline going on. We have to do something <laughs> right. about it. By the way, we just had our tag championships, cha- tag champions on SmackDown get beaten on Raw. Let's not address that elephant right. in the room. And we'll just have Cesaro come out and beat Grand Metalik because Lucha House Party can't get along. Right. It's a mess. That's a that that this was why I'm here. Why can you not I, have Cesaro and House Shinsuke party. go fight heavy machinery in an actual tag team match? Let Lusa House Party go sort out their issues in their own feud in their own booking. Get this well, away from getting, the tag championships. We're, we know we are. It's, Lucha, it's official. Lucha House Party versus Cesaro and Nakamura at Clash of Champions. It's happening. Lucha House Party will probably break up, which is brilliant. Fine, Let's break up good. another tag team in an era where we have no tag teams. <sighs> you have no tag teams. You're going to break up another one? What are you doing? Either that or you're going you're gonna to keep Metalik and Lince together and just have Kalisto break off and have a singles career, which also, don't know how well that's going to go. Nah. Uh, just, just ask Chad Gable what they think of short guys. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, while I'm curious what they're doing with Lucha House Party, the stop-start nature of it has made me a little sour. I'm still furious that they beat their SmackDown tag champs on Raw. They've got to get that win back at some point or re-legitimize them or do something. I have no idea what the thought behind that yeah. was. Uh, so, yeah, this even though Cesaro beat Metalik, it, 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 it was not enough of a get-back no. for me. So, yeah, I'm... Mm, 
I, I'm frustrated. You'll, you'll never I'm hear me upset as Cesaro working with Luchadors, but and, and no, the match was a lot of fun. True. But at the same time, it, it, this wasn't for that. This was to showcase the breakdown of uh, uh, of Kalisto and Lince Dorado and all of that stuff. Again, uh, again, because we've, we've seen, seen it like three weeks right, in a row now. Seen. Yes, and then one week off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were fine for one week, but they're all they're all fine. Uh, but you know, this is what happens when you know forgotten sons go <laughs> Jackson goes and says something stupid on Twitter and we lose a whole tag team and a whole bunch of feud Usos are injured New Day's injured and and and, and taking time apart and doing a singles thing uh there ain't nothing Heavy Machinery's got a division. lawsuit they're breaking up probably yeah. <laughs> they might be breaking up no not probably they might be but hopefully not because because again you have no tag teams you leave it, you, you put Cesaro and Nakamura together because you had nothing else that's it. That's yeah it. that's it that's it. And that's it for SmackDown. It was, a, as you said, Nick, a pretty solid show. Some good storytelling, some good character stuff, and some good wrestling. Uh, but then uh, there's still with some issues. Yeah. There's still some issues going on. Overall, over an enjoyable show. I, I don't want to be as hard Overall, on it as we... Overall, an enjoyable week. Uh, the week, again, this week. A fantastic was, was week awesome. of wrestling. Uh, real quick, before we yeah. jump over, Kyle dropped another 100 bits in. So the last time they broke up Kalisto from a good tag team, it led to Lucha Things, goddamn son of a beat. Yeah, you don't remember good lucha things, and also led to uh, Kalisto being tossed into a trash can by Braun Strowman, and then <laughs> getting buried. Right. Literally, I remember Kalisto uh, climbing on the elimination chamber. Uh, that was well, yeah. Was again, it. useful. We had to we had to have someone to do a big stunt. That was Lindsay Dorado. He did it too. He did the big uh, stunt. I remember yeah. Kalisto doing it, and then doing some kind of his crazy. Um, uh, Selena yeah. Del Sol that he does. It, it, and also, when they broke up that tag team, it led to a really awesome run, singles run from Sin Cara. Like he, I mean, he he was winning championships. And uh, oh wait, no, that was Nick booking. Sorry, in real life, <laughs> in real life, Sin Cara just flopped out of WWE. Got injured a couple times and then right. just left. Right. Another tag team with Kalisto. That was a terrible idea to break up. Right. But but overall, a great week in wrestling. Overall, a lot a lot of good stuff, which means it's going to be really easy to do. Our moment of positivity. The mop, the moment of positivity, the moment we put at the end of the show where we say something nice about what happened this week. We're not going to criticize. No, we're going to do something positive and talk about something that made us feel good, that made us happy. I'm going to spread that love out to all you guys and girls out there and everybody else listening to us, trying to get that positivity out there so we all leave on a high note with smiles on our faces. Nick, what was your moment of positivity for this week? Uh, like you said, teasing it up before we jumped over, there's we're spoiled for choice this week, and I think I know which one yeah. you're going to pick, oh. so I'm not going to pick that one. Um, I'm oh, going to pick uh, a... It's sort of a personal epiphany, if you will. I'm okay with Roman Reigns. What? I'm, I'm in a really good spot... With Roman Reigns, so as I was laying out with all of the with the advent of the Paul Heyman video package that we got this week and the NOI, NOI family and all of the Samoan dynasty and things like that, I and and what happened with Roman where Jace kind of stole the pen and interfered and that look of death stare that Roman gave him to close out SmackDown last night, I I am I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. I'm all in on this Roman Reigns thing right now. I, I, I My this goodness. this whole that look wow, that he gives, I am so not even skeptical, but I'm so optimistic about where this is going to go for him. I wish we could have gotten this level of of him 
out of the shield breakup and beyond that, like the, he, he could have come back around and done this as a sort of redemption thing. Instead, we sent him down this path with Brock Lesnar for for years. Ugh. But now, I am mm. I am here for this Roman Reigns character side by side. It with is a Paul tasty Heyman. biscuit. It is a tasty biscuit. Yep. Yeah, it's it is good stuff. I'm not gonna lie. It's I'm I'm excited for what's coming next with Roman Reigns. You're totally right. I, it's actually funny. A quick story. I actually drove up here to Sacramento with an old buddy of mine who I've known forever, uh, who goes actually by four one four beg. If you want to check out his music on Spotify and Instagram, it's beautiful. He actually haunting, does some music quiet. for you for Horror Palooza, does he not? He also for, yeah. He also does my four one four. Sorry, my my Horror Palooza music. Great dude. Also a wrestling fan, but he hasn't watched since about mm, I think it was two thousand fifteen. Yeah, 2015, when Roman Reigns won the Rumble, he was like, I'm out. <laughs> and Roman Reigns was the reason he dipped, was because they were pushing him so much. And he hasn't really watched a lot lately. But last night, when I described, I was, he's like, I, I was like, I have to go watch SmackDown. You know, you guys have some fun, and I'm going to do the show here. And he was like, oh, yeah, what's going on on SmackDown? Is Roman Reigns still doing everything? I'm like, oh, yeah, Roman Reigns is the champ. And he goes, ah, ah of course. But I'm like, yeah, but he's a heel. And he's with Paul Heyman. And I described the whole thing, and I watched his face light up, and he went, actually, that sounds really cool. I'm like, it is! It's crazy! It's good stuff! It's really it's really engaging, entertaining stuff, and it's it's weird. <laughs> it's weird to say that. Patrons, I would encourage you to go back and listen to our very first Patreon bonus episode from, I believe it was August or September of 2018, two years ago. And I think it was called The State of the Roman. Go back and w- listen to that yeah. one. Comparing to what Ian and I are saying right now, we went just off. two years ago, we were pissed. We were like, "He's he's great." This is all the things that they're doing wrong with him, and I don't. We didn't see them doing this with him, but they did. It's it's good. Yeah, I what love what they're it. doing is good. I'm in. So uh, it's yeah. So I, I agree. With that. That's a that's a great mop. I actually, it's funny. I had two because I was waiting for you to steal my number one, but my other one that I was going to use was. Shotzi Blackheart. Mm. I am I'm a complete Shotzi mark at this point. Uh, when checked out her Facebook page and just you know from her being a horror movie host on local access TV in the Bay Area, right in my hometown, yeah, Oakland's own, Oakland. Right? She Oakland's own. I'm also Oakland's own. Oakland's own Surrey and Dangerous and Oakland's own Shotzi Blackheart from the same hood. She's out here doing her Elvira thing. She does a, a Return of the Living Dead shtick where they play 45 Graves Party Time, and she's got a, a, a saw that makes sparks fly everywhere like a gigantic sparky penis. It's, uh, you, got, you got me <laughs> hooked on, like, Shotzi's got my number when it comes to that. Loves horror movies, all of that stuff. Yes, girl. Yes, girl. And then she goes out there and just blows the doors off of this Io Shirai match. Looks incredible. So that was going to be my mop. But since you let me, you didn't do it. I got to do it. That parking lot brawl was no, I had no idea it was going to be that good. It had no right being as good as it was, as fun, chaotic, bloody, violent, insane. Uh, and as Mick Foley said, it was safe. They didn't do anything that was that, like, I was worried well. for their safety. It was, they did something Putting Ortiz under the hood of a car and then swantoning onto the hood. But did you see how safe it was? Like he, it looked great, but he also like he barely put any pressure on that coming over it. It was beautiful. It was it was such a well worked match. And then that awesome final image of Sue driving the boys away, yeah. flipping the bird. That's right, man. We out. Sue out. You know she's hard. She's jo- she joined Dark Order. She doesn't give a f. 
So I'm looking forward to what's happening next with Sue. I I, I didn't like the gimmick at first. Oh, his mom. This is so goofy. I'm, I'm they got yep. me. They got me. This match was fantastic. Has you to be. Never mess my moment of pop. Rewatch it immediately. People's mothers. Never. Don't mess with the moms. Never. Don't and mess with never the moms. Mess especially with when the dude mans. looks like. Especially when the dude looks like Trent. <laughs> right. So yeah, that's the parking lot brawl. It has yeah. to be. That's my moment of positivity. Go watch it oh, if you haven't watched it. Was it was so good. That was that was. It, it takes a long time to get there. It's a really really good show on Dynamite if you haven't seen it this week. Uh, but fantastic ending with that parking lot brawl indeed. And I did not want to take that one from you because I I just knew. I appreciate I knew. that, Boo. Thank you, sweetie. Uh, well, guys, no lightning round today. We're going to let Sir Ian Dangerous go enjoy his vacation and jump in that pool, get out <laughs> of the smoke. Thank you guys for tuning in today. We will be back on Tuesday uh, with our recap of Raw updates on the G1 as it is officially underway, started first thing oh this God. morning. It's happening. Uh, it's oh, happening. Oh, my God. And oh my I made God. it through the first three matches before I completely flare-flopped uh, onto my bed last night. I just That's smart. You, 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 you tapped <laughs> out before um, Suzuki and Ishii. <laughs> You don't. You don't want to. No. You know. What I'm saying you don't want to sleep. No, through no, that. no, no, no. I you gotta be awake for that. That, match. that one. I'm watching looking two, forward to watching that one tonight for sure. Two grown ass men trying to kill yes, each other. Absolutely. Ian, enjoy your day in the pool. Thank you very much. Thank we'll you. see you guys on Tuesday for the raw recap, a G1 update, and the patron mailbag. As always, patrons, make sure you get your questions in for that show as we have moved it over to Tuesdays. But thank you guys very much for tuning in. Get into the Discord with all of the chats all throughout the week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Get into the Facebook discussion group uh, and uh, get over onto our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash open. Patrons, thank you very much for all of your support every single month. Enjoy that G1 preview episode. We'll be back in October once it's all said and done to recap everything that went down and what we all thought about. Uh, Ian, any final words before we get out of here? One final word. Who the hell taught Ortiz how to throw a sledgehammer through a window? That dude does it so slick, and it just sticks perfectly yeah. every time. Well, how do you train to do something he like that? He might be a scholar of physics. He maybe. You just don't know. I don't know, but Triple H is looking at that going, damn, that guy knows how to wield a sledgehammer. <laughs> just a little, a little thought on the way out the door. Right. Thank Wait. you very much, sir, Ian Dangerous. And thank you to all of you for do- tuning in. Special shout-out to chat. Oh, oh, I got to kid a couple of them real quick. Jay Wolf, I'm so sorry I missed you. 100 bits. I uh, said the mop, my favorite part of the show, and then another 100 bits. He says, yeah. my mop is the subtle storytelling between Paige, Omega, and the Bucks. They are showing interesting emotional responses. Man, I, I feel Agreed. like that's not even – I love that as a mop, but I think the bigger – the mop is going to be the payoff when we finally get there at some point. And I think it's going to be it, a Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega WrestleMania caliber It's an optimistic moment. mop. He's, he's giving us oh, an optimistic yeah. mop. He's like, it's good so far. I'm looking I'm loving it going. too. Thank you very much, Jay, Kyle, everybody that threw bits in and, and uh, subs Thank you everyone for hanging out. Uh, yeah. Everybody. Thanks for hanging out on Twitch, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys on Thank Tuesday. You, but my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. Oh, my God! Somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.